You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. All right, all right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to When Christmas Be Talk Radio. This is Tuesday, amen. Um, um, November the 13th. This is on Easter Bounding Grace broadcast of Minister Vanessa Williams, okay? Uh, about to get started in a minute. Amen. His message is, are you sleeping on the job? Are you sleeping on the job? We know we're going to be blessed. But first, let's do some quick announcements. Just want to remind everybody, everybody that it's about the grace. Mr. Vanessa is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. We also have Declaring the Finished Work with Reverend Pat Randall. It's Thursday at 12 noon. Uh, Friday Night Joy with myself. Amen. And also Sunday, The Bread of Life. Amen. But both shows with myself at, at, at 7 p.m. Challenge to change with Pastor Paul Morgan every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Amen. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Novena Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second uh, every second. Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration with Evangelist Lewis McElwain is every third Monday of the month. Marriage Takeover with the Body of One, the Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson is every third Sunday at 7 p.m. In fact, they have a broadcast coming up this Sunday, so make sure to tune in. Uh, Hour three, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with myself, Alston Green, Cleophus Malone, Antonio Mitchell. It's every third Sunday at 7 p.m. In fact, we just finished the broadcast up on Sunday. Sunday just passed. It was awesome. Um, feel free to, to listen to it through the different social media and, of course, on Blog Talk Radio under When Christians Beat Talk Radio or go to our website. Amen. Amen. Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon is every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Amen. Uh, this is a free conference call number. The number is 641-715-3580. Amen. The access code is 732-499. Of course, and always you can go to our website, amen, and check out the uh, our website and a little bit more information about the different hosts and our mission statement and our vision and what we're trying to accomplish. Amen. And also, you like to sow a seed into the ministry, you can do so by going to whenchristianspeak.com and clicking on the Donate Now button. We are, are in the process. Now, everything is done through PayPal, but we also take donations through uh, uh, the uh, Cash App. Amen. If, you, I think, uh, if the dollar sign, when Christians are one word, the dollar sign and when Christians, amen. So with all that being said, amen, let's go ahead and get ready for Minister Vanessa Williams, amen, on the history of our grace. Are you sleep, asking the question, are you sleeping on the job? God bless. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time of the day it is, wherever you are. We are once again pleased to be with you. We are pleased to um, share God's word with you today, and we're just thankful for all that he has done for us. Tonight's message is, are you sleeping on the job? 
Are you sleeping on the job? Is Jonah's story your story? Let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you now, Lord, thanking you for your many, many, many blessings in our lives. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because of who you are. We thank you, Father. We praise your name, Lord God. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. We give you all the worship because you and you alone are worthy to be praised. Father, we ask you right now, Lord God, to search our hearts and our minds. And if there be anything, God, that's not pleasing to you, Father, please, Lord God, we ask you to forgive us right now in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Father, to open up the understanding of your people, Lord God, as those who listen to this word, Lord God, that there are these words will enlighten them, Lord God, that these words of encouragement, Lord God, will will serve as a reminder, Lord God, of just who you are, Father, and what they can do through you, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And we thank you, Father, for all that has been done already for us, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you give us um, the attentiveness, Lord God, to, to hear to do and to be all that you would have us to do, be and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, the question or topic again, are you sleeping on the job? Is there something that God has instructed you to do and for whatever your reasons are, you decided that you want to take a detour? Are there things that you know God will have you to do and you decided that you are not the one to do it have you decided that God cannot surely be speaking to you because of something that you have done because he wants to use you as that vessel? Have you decided to take a detour as Jonah did? The book of Jonah, let's go to the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah has only four chapters. Jonah, the, the name means Hebrew. It's Hebrew for dove, for dove. And it's the only one among the prophets whose prophecy does not consist of what he did, but rather of his own life and experience. His experience portrays the past, present, and future of the nation of Israel. Jonah was intended to be a witness for God to the Gentiles. He was jealous that a message of grace should be extended to the Gentiles. He was thrown into a sea, Gentile world, and swallowed by the nations, yet not assimilated or understood by them. Jonah was cast upon dry land, restored to the land of Israel, and made a blessing to the nations. Let's go to the first chapter of Jonah, and we're going to read the Living Bible Paraphrase. The Lord sent this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and give them this announcement from the Lord. I am going to destroy you, for your wickedness rises before me. It smells through highest heaven. But Jonah was afraid to go and ran away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tashash. He bought a ticket, went on board, and climbed down into the dark hold of the ship to hide there from the Lord. You see, Jonah went down to the very bottom of the ship as if he could hide from God. How far do you believe you can go to get away from God's presence? Are you acting as if you can hide from God? God sent Jonah to preach repentance to Nineveh, the captain of Assyria. Jonah was reluctant to do this, fearing that the city would repent and be spared. Why? Because Assyria was an extremely cruel nation, a nation against God. 
During this time, Assyria was Israel's prime enemy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the people of Israel expected their enemy's destruction, not their salvation. Therefore, even though Jonah, as a preacher, should have understood that God was gracious and merciful, he also knew that countries like Assyria were usually dealt with severely by God. But whose decision was it that they should be saved? Whose decision was it that Syria would not see the wrath of God? Jonah was to be the messenger, not the master. For only God is judge and jury. Imagine, if you will, that God instructed you to go to your worst enemy and witness to him or her to point them to Christ. Perhaps to, give, ex, forgive, ex, perhaps to extend forgiveness for something that was done to you. Even though they hadn't asked you to come, even though they never asked for your forgiveness, God tells you to go. And you know it's God talking to you. You know, you just know, you are the one that is supposed to do this. Now just imagine, if you will, that perhaps this person treated you like dirt, stole something from you, broke your heart, misplaced your trust, even tortured you with awful, hateful words. Imagine, if you will, that this person even talked about your Lord, cursed you to your face, and told you where to get off. Maybe this person truly harmed someone you cared about a lot. Maybe this person devastated you, crushed you almost to pieces. Maybe that was years ago, perhaps. Maybe it wasn't so long ago. So you haven't seen this person in a while. But the bitterness, the hatred, the hard feelings are still there. Even the thought of seeing him or her again causes you great stress and anxiety. And the Lord commands you to go to that person without reservation. Would you go? Would you be obedient to this calling? Or would you decide to go to sleep and pretend as if God hadn't spoken to you? Would you be sleeping on the job? Okay, now from the natural viewpoint, we may understand Jonah's feelings. But how many know that as Christians, we don't live in the natural? You see, we have a higher calling, a spiritual calling, and we cannot afford to live in the natural. That is, if we are to be obedient, we have to do what God says. We have to forget about our own selfish, fleshly desires and seek those things that please God. Talking about obedience, we have to forgive. Talking about obedience, how many know that obedience is better than sacrifice? So here Jonah is on a ship headed for Tarshish, which is somewhere probably on the south coast of Spain. Spain. One Bible commentator puts it this way. God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh, 500 miles northeast of Palestine. Instead of going east, he goes 2,000 miles to the west. God wanted Jonah to take an overland trip by way of the Fertile Crescent. Instead, he took a distasteful sea voyage. God sent him to the greatest metropolis of that day. Instead, Jonah headed for a remote trading post on the fringes of civilization. The Lord wished to go with his prophet. Instead, Jonah tried to flee from the presence and the power of God. Why is it that although we know what God is telling us to do, sometimes we allow flesh to carry us along? We choose the most contrary, opposite direction. We'll go out of our way, so far out of the way, to go the extra mile in the wrong direction on the road to disobedience. And we'll get relaxed. Go to sleep, if you will, 
knowing full well that we are on the wrong course. God wants us to take the path he has chosen for us because he knows what lies ahead. Instead, we take the path full of destruction, full of bumps, full of fallen trees, full of crooks and litter. We take the path full of spider webs, full of dangerous turns, full of, well, yes, you get the picture. For there is a way to seem is right unto man, but the end there is is destruction. Talking about disobedience. Oh, sure, we think we're taking the scenic route enjoying life along the way, doing like Jonah did, trying to hide from the presence of the Lord because we're sinning and we think that if we can just hide, get away from him, we can keep on sleeping. Surely our conscience won't feel so bad. Surely we won't feel so bad. So we go to sleep in our sinfulness, not thinking about what would happen if we don't ever wake up. We try to drown out the voice of the Lord. We try to forget exactly what it is we're supposed to be doing. Thinking, maybe just thinking that if I hide long enough, if I delay long enough, if I drag my feet long enough, God would find someone else to do this. God would change his mind. Perhaps he'll forget he asked me to do it. We're supposed to be about our Father's business, on a mission to seek and point souls to Christ. But our mission oftentimes is all about me, myself, and I. We put off tomorrow what we know God has told us to do today. We get relaxed in our selfish mode and we think to ourselves, let someone else go to this person, for surely the Lord doesn't mean me to go. Oh sure, outwardly we'll say things like, here I am Lord, send me. But when he calls us to do something, especially something like to go to forgive someone who's wronged us, to extend to them the kind of love that our Almighty God has always extended towards us, we say, maybe not with our mouths, but by our actions, surely you don't mean you want me to do such and such. Lord, maybe I didn't hear you right. So, you stop on your way, take a, make a detour, and seek guidance from man, searching for someone to tell you what you want to hear, not what God wants to tell you. Someone who would make you feel good about yourself. Someone who would feed your flesh. Someone who would cater to your wishes. Just like Jonah, who paid to get on a ship going in the wrong direction, doing something he knew he was not supposed to be doing. Yes, sleeping on the job. Are you sleeping on the job? Are you been disobedient to what you know God has directed you to do? Have you decided to do your own thing, not following God's instructions because of your own selfish agenda? Have you forgotten? Have you gotten comfortable living in a state of disobedience rather than listening and heeding to the voice of God? You see, you'd be wise to be obedient. For again, obedience is better than sacrifice. So the fourth verse says in Jonah, But as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord flung a terrific wind over the sea, causing a great storm that threatened to send them to the bottom. Fear for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to the gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. That's in the bottom. The sixth verse says, So the captain went down after him. What do you mean, he roared, sleeping at a time like this? Get up and cry to your God and see if he will have mercy on us and save us. Seventh verse. Then the crew decided to draw straws to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. And Jonah drew the short one. Is your obedience 
my friend, causing you to harm someone else? Is your sleeping, my sister, on the job? Is your sleeping on the job affecting someone else? You see, the captain and his crew were minding their own business, and then Jonah came into their life. Jonah took a detour and came upon the scene of this captain and his crew. Jonah took a detour from what God had directed him to do and almost caused the death of these men. And they began to ask Jonah all sorts of questions. They got upset with him for they had found out that he was the cause of their troubles. He was the cause of the terrible raging storm that had come upon them. You see, we know the rest of the story. In verse 11, they asked Jonah, what should we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? And verse 12, Jonah responds by telling them to throw him overboard and the sea would be calm. They tried hard to control the ship without getting rid of the culprit, Jonah. They threw so many other things overboard trying to lighten their load. I believe they gave it their best shot. What about you? Sometimes we try hard, real hard, to be in control of situations in our lives. Some of these situations have come about as a result of our own disobedience. Some of these situations have come about as a result of others' disobedience. But we want to be in control of our own lives. We make compromises. Instead of getting rid of the sin, we find substitutes trying to ease our consciousness, trying to lighten the load. So the mariners fought with all their might, but the winds kept blowing. The storm wouldn't cease. So eventually, they had no choice. They had to throw Jonah overboard. And when they did, such a calmness came immediately. Now what, look what happens next. After they had thrown Jonah overboard and saw that immediately the sea ceased from raging, they feared God. They saw his awesome power. They feared him and made sacrifices to him, vowing to serve him, not their own God. They vowed to serve the one and only true and living God. How many know that good things can come out of bad situations? How many know that good things can come out of bad situations? For what the enemy meant for evil, meaning he tried to prevent Job, Jonah from doing God's will, God took that situation, God took Jonah's detour and used it as an opportunity to show himself strong. So much so that these men, this captain and their crew, began to serve the one and only and true living God. Even in the midst of our trials, which oftentimes come from disobedience, the Lord will use the situations and turn them around for our good. Praise God. In this case, souls came to him as a result of seeing his magnificent power. Don't you know that when you stop trying to control the situation and allow God to take control, the dark clouds will disappear, the storms will cease? Don't you know that when you line up with the word of God, you will realize that the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's? Don't you know that it's only then that, you'll stop, that when you stop fighting that you'll feel such peace? Talking about the peace that comes only from the master peacemaker, the one who came to set the captives free. The one who came to set the captives free. Let's switch things. Here Jonah is, swallowed by a big whale, a great fish prepared by the Lord. Because he's sovereign, God can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. And so he sent this big, great fish to swallow Jonah. One might have thought that this fish would have totally destroyed Jonah. But how many know that God will send something your way, a trial, for example, and just when you think it's there to totally destroy you, you find out that it was the best thing that could ever happen to you. It protected you from the elements. 
and allowed you to become stronger in Christ. Oh yeah, what the enemy met, meant for evil, God meant for good. That big fish sent by God kept Jonah alive, safe, kept him from being eaten up by the sea, kept him from being lost at sea. And this big fish kept him captive for three days and three nights. How many know that the miracle was not that a fish could swallow a man? The miracle was that the man was not eaten. How many know that a miracle isn't that we, what we're going through is a trial? A miracle is that we don't lose our minds in the process. How many know that a miracle isn't what the situation is in itself? The miracle is that when we come out of it, we can with God on our side. How many know that we are fully persuaded that he who begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ? How many know that God will do just what he said he would do? He will keep you in perfect peace. He will keep your mind stayed on him. How many know that it's just a test, a temporary situation? It's just not a trial. It's the triumph, the victory that comes at the end. You see, God had a work for Jonah to do. Now, Jonah chose the hard road to get there, just like we do sometimes. God didn't send him that way. That was his choice. But even though God never left, even though, even still, God never left Jonah. Although Jonah tried to flee from God, God never, never, never left him. Even in the belly of the whale, how many know that God was down there with him? Psalms 139, the fourth verse says, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy, thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. God never leaves us, my friend. He never, never forsakes us, my brother. Oh, how wonderful, how faithful it is, this God that we serve. Can't you taste and see that the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever? His mercy extends to all, for did he make us all didn't he make us all? Jonah didn't want God to forgive the people of Nineveh. That's why he didn't want to go there. Jonah couldn't find it in his heart to forgive them, and so he became rebellious. He became disobedient to God. <clears throat> what about us? What about you? Has God told you to forgive someone you just simply couldn't find it in your heart to do so? As Christians, we have experienced the wonders of God's forgiveness. Therefore, we have to extend forgiveness to others, just as God has extended forgiveness towards us we cannot be selfish mark eleven twenty five says and when you stand praying forgive if you have out against any that your father also which is in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses ephesians four thirty two says and be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as god in christ forgave you colossians three thirteen says forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also you should forgive him. These are the commandments of God. These are the commandments of God. Matthew 5.44 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So, as I come to the end of this message this evening, I want to ask you, are you sleeping on the job when you should be forgiving someone? You see, it may require an agonizing emotional struggle. It might require much prayer on your part. But with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, yes, you can forgive. 
Why? Because you are forgiven. So why is it so hard for us to forgive others? Perhaps you're unwilling because of pride to realize that you may be the offender and not the offended. Pride is a dangerous thing. It will keep you in bondage and it's despised of God. Sometimes we take refuge behind a facade of righteous indignation. For the Bible tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one. Sometimes we deliberately ignore a tense situation rather than pray about it and acting to resolve it. Sometimes we believe that we are so morally superior because we found something to condemn in others. And we know that Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 1, that we should judge not, that we should not be judged. Jesus further goes on to say, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, Let me pull up the mote of thy own eye, and behold, a beam is in thy own eye. Sometimes we simply ignore God's word, which specifically commands us to forgive others. And sometimes we have a hard time forgiving others because we haven't forgiven ourselves. That's a message way in itself, a message that we could talk about another day. But inner hurts do run deep. Inner hurts do run deep. We need to love ourselves. Following the greatest commandment, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second greatest is this, love your neighbor as yourself, Mark twelve ten. So yes, there's a constant battle going on, even within us, the battle between good and evil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And we know, in, according to the Bible, according to Paul in Romans 7, that in the flesh dwells no good thing, for even when we want to do right, evil is always present. Evil is always present. Going back to the book of Jonah, you see in the second chapter of Jonah, Jonah, still in the belly of the whale, has a prayer party going on down there. Not a pity party. Jonah begins to pray to God from the whale's belly. Yes, he does. He celebrates his deliverance from drowning and not his escape from the fish. The escape followed his prayer. His prayer is remarkable. Not one word of petition was in Jonah's prayer. He wasn't asking God for anything. He was thanking God. It was a prayer of thanksgiving, verses 2 through 6. It was a prayer of contrition and a prayer of rededication to God. Amen. Jonah 2 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from beside the fish. In my great trouble I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the depth I cried, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me to the ocean depths. I sank down into the floods of the waters and was covered by your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have rejected me and cast me away. How shall I ever again see your holy temple? Jonah's prayer is a foreshadowing of Israel's future repentance. For when the nation acknowledges this Messiah as Savior, it will be restored to a place of blessing unto, unto him. What about you? Is there something you need to repent of today? Is there someone you need to forgive? Is it yourself? Where are you in Christ? Jonah repented, and when the Lord came to him the second time, Jonah quickly arose, dusted off his clothes, and said, Here I am, send me. What about you? Is there any unforgiveness in your heart tonight? If there is, you are not totally free. Unforgiveness is disobedience. Disobedience is sin. Do you want to be truly free? 
Where are you in Christ? Christ stands with his arms outstretched, beckoning to all. Jesus tells us in Matthew's 11th chapter, 28th and the 29th verse, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And you will find rest. Talking about rest for your soul. Talking about receiving the peace that only comes from God. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Just like the repentant city of Nineveh, there may be someone there right now that's listening to me. And there may be someone out there that's waiting for you to come and show them the way. Someone that's just waiting for your forgiveness, for God's forgiveness. So what about you? God's faithful. He's merciful every day. Day after day, great is his mercy towards us. Tender mercies and kindness day after day. Praise God. Now let me say, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior, it's not too late. If you are hearing this message, it's not too late. Right now, God stands ready. Jesus stands ready with his arms open to welcome you home. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior and are not doing what God has directed you to do, stop sleeping on the job. If you're not saved, if you have not repented of your sins and accepted Christ into your life, if you are not 100% sure that you will spend eternity into heaven, listen very closely. No man can save you. Nobody can save you except Jesus. So trust Jesus today. There is only one way to God, and that's through his Son, Jesus Christ. John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So are you saved tonight? Are you born again? Have you made the confession that Jesus Christ is your Lord? You see, Romans 10 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So what do you need to do if you're not saved? Admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The second thing you need to do is be willing to turn from your sin. That is, you need to repent. And the third thing you need to do is believe that Jesus Christ died for you, believe that Jesus was buried for you, and believe that he rose from the dead for you. For Romans 10.10 says, for with the heart man may lead unto righteousness, and with the mouth Confession is made unto salvation. And the fourth thing you need to do is through prayer, invite Jesus to come into your life to become your personal Savior. For Romans ten thirteen says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what do you pray? If you're sincere, pray this prayer after me right now. Dear God, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. God, I am willing to turn from sin right now. I now invite Christ to come into my heart and life as my personal Savior. Amen. If you just trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you have just begun a wonderful new life in Him. Now, thank God. You see, the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you right, right this very moment. You need to get a good Bible and read it every day to get to know Jesus Christ personally talk to God in prayer talk to him and then don't be selfish you need to go out and share this good news with someone else amen share it with someone else let us pray 
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for that soul that just came to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for those who listen to your word, Lord God, and know, Lord God, that they can repent right now, and because they've been sleeping on the job, Father, they can ask you to forgive them, Lord God, and they can get up right now, they can dust off the clothing right now, and you will set them on the right path, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for just giving us an audience, Lord God, where we can share your word, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, as others go out, Lord God, that they will share this good news with others, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for your grace and for your mercy that you've extended towards us. And we love you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for all things because you do all things well. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Mr. Van. What an awesome message. Amen. Are you sleeping on the job? Amen. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. Amen. And touch your heart. Amen. Don't forget about our other broadcast. We can go ahead and place announcements at the end. Uh, please listen all the way to the end. Amen. God bless you. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Join us for our weekly broadcast, His Abounding Grace, with Minister Vanessa Williams. That's every Tuesday at 7 p.m. On Wednesday afternoons at 1 p.m., join Reverend Gwendolyn Dixon for the Midday Glory Prayer Line. The dial-in number is 641-715-3580. The access code is 732-499. And Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you. That's with Pastor Paul Morgan of Chosen Generation Ministries in Richmond, Virginia. On Thursdays, live at 12 noon, join Reverend Pat Randall for Declaring the Finished Work for an hour of worship, exhortation, and prayer. Reverend Ray and friends are here on Friday nights at 7 p.m. with the joy of the Lord on Friday Night Joy. Sundays at 7 p.m., join Reverend Ray for Bread of Life for a word in season. And don't forget our monthly broadcast. First Mondays of every month at 7 p.m., Be blessed with the teaching ministry of Apostle Shirley Jones on Lifeline. On third Mondays at 7 p.m., join Evangelist Louis McElwain for Adoration, a broadcast of worship and ministries on the mission field. Second Saturdays of the month, join Reverend Curtis, Reverend Novena, and Minister Jordana for Bold and Beautiful a youth and young adult broadcast setting the world on fire with the love of Jesus. All broadcast times are Eastern Standard Time.
Hey, family, I want to introduce our newest broadcast that joined us in 2018, The Marriage Takeover, The Body of One, hosted by Reverend Eric and Reverend Tamika Thompson. They will be addressing a wide range of topics that will serve to encourage you and to strengthen your marriage. So remember, that's every third Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, The Marriage Takeover. Over the body of one. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry, we are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. So all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. Okay. 